0: you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hi, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. I am your host, Oliver Banks, and it's a pleasure to be with you once again. This one is episode 72. Now, I'm sure it won't have gone unnoticed, but we're talking about digital rather a lot these days in the retail industry, and in fact every other industry as well, let's be honest. Digital seems to be moving into all forms of life, all parts of the business, every single element of the operation seems to be increasingly thinking about digital now, right? And actually, the majority, if not all, transformations will include something to do with digital. Some form of technology that is opening up new opportunities, connecting the dots or simplifying things. But digital is easy to get wrong as well. So today, I wanted to dive into a big conundrum that I think is going to come increasingly important in the retail industry. And that is the difference between being digital and doing digital. So in today's episode, we're going to be joined by Lee Woodard. Now, Lee is particularly interesting because he has quite a varied background. Right now, he's the founder of Numi Digital, doing consulting and strategy across experience marketing and digital transformation. He's been working with Ampliance, the headless commerce company. And previously, he's been the CXO the chief experience officer for Crabtree and Evelyn. But before then, he's got a really interesting background, including working on two series of Big Brother, working with Sapien in their client services division, as well as doing the first e-commerce for Comic Relief back in 1998. Did you know Comic Relief were doing e-commerce in 1998? I certainly didn't. And prior to that, he's got a really interesting background, but I'm going to leave that out of this introduction because we're going to get into it in the conversation and it comes out of left field. So look out for that one when we get to that part of the conversation. So Lee has been really involved in the world and the rise of digital retail and in fact digital living as well. So that's why he is the perfect person to be diving into this conversation all about being digital versus doing digital. Show notes for this one are over at obandco.uk slash 72. Right, let's get into it. Here we go. So today I'm delighted to welcome Lee Woodard onto the show. Lee, how are you?
1: I am very well, Oliver. Thank you very much and very pleased to be here with
0: you. Well, it's really exciting. We've been planning this conversation for a little while, actually. It's funny. We were chatting on LinkedIn over over a conversation. There was a retailer there that had launched an initiative that perhaps felt a bit clunky, shall we say? Yes. And you you made a comment, a really interesting comment that just really caught my attention. And I thought we have just got to jump on and talk about this. And that comment was all about the difference between being digital and doing digital. Tell me more.
1: Yes. Now, for first thing, it tells me I really should be more careful what I say on, on LinkedIn.
0: Everyone is watching.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're actually right. And it's something that I, that I think about an awful lot, the difference between being and doing. And where that started from is that I think digital has really, in many ways, become a fog that just envelops many, many organizations. And, and they believe that they can get their way through that fog by doing more things. And so they're doing more digital. What's our Instagram strategy? What, what's our chatbot strategy? What's this? What's that? And, and, they be, and they set up teams and they set up technology teams and, and, they, and they become just drowning in, in lots of doing mm. and not really spending enough time stepping back and thinking about, but, but what, what really are the traits of an organization that just is digital rather than is doing lots of digital. And I think you can see everywhere from great retailers to financial services, right across the board, you can see many companies doing lots and lots of digital and really not taking the time to, to really think about what it means more deeply to be a digital company and what that means for its people and for its processes. Mm. And it kind of fascinates me. And so that's where that comment came from.
0: Sure, so we're really thinking about there are obviously a number of different initiatives that you could take and roll out and, and run with and build up a strategy for, as you, as you were saying. And it's not so much do as much as you can or create a, you know, an everything plan, but actually how am I really going to embed this into the culture, really understand, I suppose as well from a, a customer or a consumer perspective, how digital plays in part of their life for your particular brand, for your particular retail business?
1: Absolutely. And I think the one key thing for me is that I think digital has become synonymous with being additive because it is so, quote unquote, easy to do digital.
0: (laughs) I'll let people debate that separately.
1: (laughs) Exactly. but it's become very additive, whereas I actually think that it actually should be more about editing and removal, actually. I don't think there's enough editing going on. I don't think there's enough removal of digital things. Mm. But getting in the way of that transaction or getting in the way of that cultural change, I, I, I think there's too much energy given over to adding more things.
0: That's really interesting that you say that because one of the real advantages of the digital nature that we live in today is that it is so easy to get into so many things. If you want to get cracking on Facebook ads, you can just start doing that. If you want to start doing TV advertising, that's a much different proposition, right? It opens it all up, but then it's tempting to just, like you say, do everything and keep adding rather than refining and being selective.
1: And I think that's it. And I think it's interesting that you you use the TV example, made a few TV ads in my dark and distant past. Mm. And it is a very different process. The process is quite set of the way you have to go about doing that. And I think it's quite interesting that in my experience as a CMO now, in that sense, is that I think a bit more of that measure twice, cut once attitude in digital would be very useful. Because I just see so often, well, we can get that up, we'll get that out, and we'll see. And as you and I both know, (laughs) there's no such thing as phase two. There's no such thing as phase two. Phase two never happens in digital. It's one of the big lies of our industry. Therefore, things are conceived quite quickly, got up and got out for all very good reasons. And they're not really revisited as probably as deeply or as thoughtfully as they should be. And I think that's a problem.
0: mm There's something new and shiny which is attracting more attention. So we'll just continue, keep the wheels on the bus for Project One and we'll go and look over there at the new shiny toy.
1: And I think you're just adding to more scar tissue. Do you know what I mean? You're never quite letting it heal or kind of settle down and I think you end up with a build-up of scar tissue that ends up just not helping. I find it really fascinating and obviously I've been both agency side and retail side and to see it from both sides of the fence is really fascinating to, to see how those two... Groups who ostensibly are meant to be pulling in the same direction aren't always pulling in the same direction, particularly Mm. when it comes to large digital transformation or e-commerce programs. And sometimes there's a misalignment over what people think the end goal is. And I think a lot of that can be summed up as there's too much desire to be doing digital because someone's made a promise somewhere to someone very senior that something will be live or out the door by a certain date. Mm. And I think that's where the whole, you know, just to carry on with that, I think it's where the Agile thing is fascinating. There's very few that I'm aware of, truly enlightened companies who commission and budget around the way Agile works in technology. Many companies that I see, particularly in retail still, still have a very traditional budgeting process. Mm. The senior team want something by a certain date and they've got so much money to get them there.
0: And it's really interesting because it's so closely linked to, That sort of incessant need to deliver the quarterly numbers or update the city. Yes. And until that changes, it's difficult to say, we're we're not going to tell you the answer.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I know. You know, and quarterly numbers can have their advantages in terms of making you have some sense of urgency, but they can be terribly short-termist as well. But what's interesting is, you know, the amount of conversations I've been in in my past where it's like, well, you know, we want this global e-commerce program out by peak, out by September. And then you've got a business on one hand saying, yeah, well, kind of, but it depends on what we can get done by then. And there's just a, and no one ever really deals with kind of the editing side of that. So everything then becomes additive. Well, let's do more digital. Let's do more measurement. Let's do more testing. Mm. And no one's thinking that the business actually, if it doesn't go live in September, then it's not going live till February, particularly in retail world.
0: Yeah. It's one of the things that I think is always really interesting when it comes to change and transformation. We do have this really hard cutoff. And it's quite an extended time. And, you know, obviously some categories have a, a, an earlier cutoff than others, but, you know, it's a real hard stop and it, it does force action, which I like.
1: It does force action, but then go back to your TV thing. It's kind of hilarious if you say, OK, so we can't make a TV ad between September and um, February. <laughs> so therefore, there is this desire to squeeze everything in from February to kind of August, mm. essentially, which leads by its very nature to doing more stuff, essentially. Yeah. I just find sometimes it leads to bad decision-making and people lose sight of why it was they were starting to do it in the first place. And obviously they lose sight of, does anyone care? Um, (laughs) Does the customer care? Yeah, And will they care if it's not there?
0: That's a big question, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it is. Um, I've got a theory that one of the symptoms of doing digital rather than being digital is that people con themselves into thinking that, the customers care as much as they do when the truth is i would making up a stat on the spot 98 percent are ambivalent about everything you do (laughs) and they only care when they care and i think they certainly don't care about your groomed backlog no as a customer again I, i find that really interesting that transformation teams marketing teams just sometimes customers as awesome as they are they pay our salaries sometimes get in the way of a good decision they want to make about doing some digital yeah because I'm sure mostly they, they just want it to be easy. Just let me buy it and please then don't bother me. And and I think sometimes there's there's just to, there's too much going on, you know. Visit our experience desk. Mm. Join our loyalty program. It's it's just all too additive.
0: And it, it comes a bit overwhelming then as well, right? Where actually you're trying to do everything. And from a, a customer perspective, you're getting bombarded by all these marketing messages that are telling you to do this, this, dun, 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 this new proposition. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'll just go next door. Thanks.
1: Exactly. And it's something that I come back to a lot. Weirdly, listeners will find odd that I was trained as a potter originally.
0: I did tell you, folks, that there was something something left field coming here, didn't I?
1: <laughs> you did. Um, and one of the things you get asked a lot when you're being trained is, does it work? mark And that kind of hits on two levels one is functionally as in am I going to pour water all over my shoes and the second one is is more emotionally does it work is it pleasing does it feel right does it you know fire the senses of my brain that found that an an enjoyable moment of of use and I don't think in digital and in retail I don't think that question is asked enough does it work does it work does that work for normal people not us mm. not the marketing team not the digital team not the agile teams for normal folks if we were to do that would we have a warm fuzzy feeling about that and it kind of goes to that part of the limbic brain that gets mentioned so often the bit that deals with emotion and motivation yep you can't put a tangible outcome you can't measure that you you can't stick a load of ab tests on that essentially it is it is essentially an unknowable feeling that you just know whether you've got it or not and and i think and I think being digital is about really understanding that, and really trying to get at whether the organisation that you that you are creating has kind of got that at its centre, rather than millions of A/B tests, millions of data that you still don't know what to do with, um, because you're trying to kind of split the atom to find the magic ingredient. I I think there's got to be more confidence in. Going for that slightly intangible outcome, um, which in modern business is really difficult to have the bravery to do that. But I think it's something that the businesses who who kind of fundamentally understand that, I think, are the ones that we all, quote, unquote, are loyal to or, quote, unquote, love. I think that's deeply some magic sauce that, that I think is really important in this difference between being digital and doing digital.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. So I think there's probably almost a bit of an exercise that people can take away from this. And that is looking at a selection of retailers that you shop with that are not your own business, by the way. And just think about that question. Does it work? Look at the different elements. What really works for you as a customer and what, frankly, doesn't? Yeah. And then you need to be able to transport yourself into your customer's shoes, which is always a good thing to do, right? And look at your own business. What works? What doesn't? And take a really honest look at yourself and and say, what's working? What's not? Where is it functional? Where is it not? Where is it taking the right emotional questions, so to speak? And where is it not?
1: Yeah, exactly. In my role now as consultant and general advisor and helper, I, I spend an awful lot of my time being like a five-year-old and asking why. Why, why, why do we do that? <laughs> why is that a good idea?
0: And that's always a great question.
1: Why does anyone care about that? And, 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 it's, and if you're insistent enough with it to the point of probably being annoying, then then you force people to answer the question. You force people to really think carefully about, about why they're doing it and why the business is doing it and, and where it came from. And so that then comes to the thing of being digital. Then if you're doing something that you think maybe isn't great, then change it and try it. That's the being digital piece that I kind of mean. You know, So sure, test. Digital is great for testing things, but test the things that, are kind of re- that really matter. Mm. Test the things that really test the underlying assumptions of the business and of your customers and I think that's kind of interesting so I'm all about testing but testing the things that are kind of more meaningful so that's something that I always urge senior teams to kind of really really look at start these meetings with a blank slate try and imagine that you don't know why your logistics isn't working, and see how that feels from walking into a store or walking onto your website and I don't think we do that enough
0: no so it's taking that five year old perspective as well and and yeah really continuing to ask questions why being in there a lot but also looking to understand how things work as well maybe you're making assumptions about your business and about your operation and things have moved on right the world is continually changing so yeah maybe maybe you need to open your eyes
1: and i think you know i i remember once really embarrassing myself quite badly actually it was it was early into a new role and um i was around a table and there was the, um, I, I think, you know, chief logistics officer or something. And, mm. and they were using, you know, lots of three-letter acronyms. And obviously, I'm sitting there trying to pretend that I know what all the three-letter acronyms were because it was all very deep in the business. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and there was a phrase, We've all been there. Exactly. And there was a phrase that kept being used that I just didn't... I, and at one point, I just had to stop the meeting her. I'm really sorry, but I just have no clue what you're talking about. And the phrase was, on water... I was like, what on earth are you talking about? And I finally got there when they said, no, no, it's literally in a shipping container in the middle of the Pacific going over to Australia. It's literally on the water. And it kind of, it kind of really made me a, feel stupid at the moment that there was no deeper connection to it other than, no, it's literally on the ocean. But it, it really made me realise, because I've spent my life in digital before going into kind of more non-digital roles, is that where physical and digital meet, is actually really where, for most brands, is where the magic is, actually. And when you look at experience, quote unquote, more generally, it tends to ignore where those things come together. Mm. Actually, where for most people, if you can make that part work, that's when they have that unknowable, intangible, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that worked really well. Yeah, I kind of, that was good. I would do that again. I don't know why I would do that again. I would just do it again. And in my experience, it's really where the physical piece meets the digital piece and, and trying to dig into, into what people's expectations are and what they believe is going to happen <laughs> and what they think should happen. And I don't think, I don't think um, enough brands spend enough time standing back from that in a very simple way and trying to dig into that piece. So, so you know, call it what you like, omnichannel, whatever you want to call it, digital transformation. I think there's a huge amount of um, interesting strategic thoughts around being digital, not doing digital at that very crucial point of any customer's interaction with the brand. I spend a lot of time asking very difficult questions about that when I'm working with brands.
0: That's really good. and It's interesting that you raised the term Omnichannel. I know a lot of people either dislike that term or don't understand that term or maybe both. For me, it's got so much uh, real value to it. If you do take it for what it actually is and you do really look to understand it because let's be honest, we're all living in a digitally enabled world, yet we all still really crave real life action, stores, relationships. So naturally it says we want to blend digital and physical. I'm not going to go down that no. disgusting word where they blend together. I'm not even going to say it.
1: <laughs> no, please don't do that. There's a great book, if folks haven't read it, called The Revenge of Analogue by David Sachs, I think it is.
0: I've not come across that one. Tell me more.
1: Well, it's just literally The Revenge of Analogue. And and basically, it's a whole book of how what we would have thought products and things that would have been killed by digital are coming back. And it's the great story of the two guys that bought what was the leftover and ruins of a Kodak factory and started making film again. The guys who bought uh, a vinyl pressing plant and have never been busier. because humans crave tangible physical contact with things we're just hardwired that way again going back to my ceramics days we're we're hardwired to enjoy physical things and so i find that relationship between the human need to have physical things around them and to interact with physical things and then all of the things that digital enable and all of the additive as i've said the additive aspects of digital when actually People love physical things often because of the sparsity of that experience. You know, a vinyl is enjoyed by many people because it's only got six or seven tracks almost side. you've got to turn it over. It doesn't mean you don't have Spotify. It just means that you have a different relationship to to it than you do the digital thing. And again, I'm kind of really looking when I'm working with brands to really kind of ask those questions. What's the relationship that someone's trying to have with your product or your service? And what works well in the digital world will not be the thing that works well in the physical world and you should test both of those to some degree and and i don't mean measure <laughs> or attribute i mean just think deeply about the way people interact with you across those different pieces again people are just piling in piling in piling in you know let's do the app let's update the app let's have a sprint backlog that's going to update 98 things that we probably don't really care about i find that space the space where Being digital, not doing digital really has a part to play hugely.
0: Yeah, I can so see that. And there's some great points in there. And I really like the idea of actually analog versus digital. There doesn't need to be a one or the other. You can still do both as, as a consumer and as a business. And actually, that's where I think the real power and the real opportunity comes. Where you can do some really clever things, but still have a lot of care and a lot of heart. And, you know, that sort of emotional connection as well as the physical connection as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I saw again on LinkedIn, so apologies to everyone. D to C brands have the advantage of going into retail because they know everything there's to know about your customer. And I and I, I just look at that and I just think that's just nonsense. It's just it's just nonsense. I, and I, I kinda of find that I kind of find that completely missing the point of well doing digital, we've got all this data that we probably don't know what to do with. So if we go into stores, we'll just transfer that into stores. And they just don't realise all of the complexity that comes with running stores, <laughs> and and so I, yeah. I just find that kind of blase digital attitude to we know your name online and we know what you bought last time, so I'm sure we can transfer that into the physical world. Is missing the point of why you might be in the physical world.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: And again, there's just not enough, I guess, interrogation, if you like, of those strategies and of those programs to ask those bigger questions because if you can answer those then everything flows from that down through any programs that you might have i mean i don't understand and you may have a different view i don't understand why when i go onto an e-commerce site why i'm limited in how i can buy it and how hard it is to buy it i mean i get there's fraud checks and things but you know why doesn't everywhere take apple pay amazon pay whatever pay it is and make it as easy for me to do that that's what digital's good at so I don't understand why, why we're putting digital barriers in place when the one thing you can do with digital is, is kind of re- remove those barriers fairly simply. So we seem to get it all backwards. We seem to, we seem to get it all backwards for, for no apparent reason other than, well, that's the way we're doing it.
0: So there's some big questions that we need to ask ourselves, it sounds like, to really think about how our business is set up and, you know, are we doing digital or are we really, really being digital and taking that into the heart of what we do and and that is not just about the customer proposition or how you're facing yourself off against customers as well it's also how the business is running how you're working with your teams internally your relationship with all of your your employees your staff members your team members etc there is so much to being digital rather than just doing digital
1: absolutely absolutely and i think as a previous Chief experience officer i think it was the one role outside of the ceo that was horizontal not vertical every other role internally owns a vertical so marketing owns marketing tech owns tech operations owns operations and everyone looks down their vertical whereas the cxo role is the one that's kind of um has has a remit to go sideways which then means that they have to then often have no teams but then have to work with the other teams and they're looking at the joins they they that's that's the that's the role that's looking at the joins across the business and so that's why i find a the the cxo role really fascinating as to how it's basically become a marketing role Mm. you know do you want to have your toenails done well no you're a bank why would i want to do that um so (laughs) experience has has, has gone through the marketing ringer as it were and, and has come out the other side something different to before it got sucked in that definition of experience for me is where you ask those questions and it's where you cajole and and encourage the brand and the company to to continue to ask those questions so being digital edit 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 remove not add if you're removing things then you're being digital don't make it harder than it already is Um, that comes down to the editing piece play and explore and test by all means but do it everywhere not not just in digital Constantly ask, does it work? Not as a professional, but as a human, as a normal person. And remember, 98% of your customers, even your so-called loyal customers, don't really care, to be honest. They've got a life to lead. They're not going to have a conversation with you. They're not going to do anything. They care when they care. And I think having that as as a subtext to everything you do is about being digital. Yeah, that for me would be the five things that I would say are the traits of being digital.
0: That's really massive. They were so important. So... You know, if you're listening and you didn't quite catch that, just rewind for a minute because that was absolutely huge. Thank you, Lee. This has been a really interesting conversation and a really important conversation as well for everyone to really truly understand because digital is not going away, right? So as we continue to march down this digitally enabled world, this is only going to become more and more prevalent and relevant to your business. So do make sure that you're taking in those tips. Make sure that you are really being digital, not just doing the digital. Lee, thank you so much. How can people get in touch?
1: Well, uh, LinkedIn, obviously. If you want to take me on LinkedIn, um, that's probably the best place to do it. And you can go to knowmedigital.co.uk and there's really a form there that hits my email at some point. But I'm normally hanging around uh, LinkedIn, so, so just drop me a note on there is probably the easiest place, as that's probably where you will find me.
0: Super. So that's LinkedIn, your Lee Woodard, W O O D A R D, or nomedigital.co.uk.
1: But of course, I'm so busy being digital, not doing digital, the site might well be out of date, but um, I'm now going to have to run away. <laughs>
0: we can send you a letter, can we?
1: Yeah, please do that. Or, yeah, or, or Owl or something. Yeah, let's go Harry Potter style. Let's send an Owl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah,
0: Keeping with the theme as well. Exactly. This has been really great, Lee. Thank you so much for jumping on the show.
1: You're very welcome. See you later. Bye. Have
0: a great day. So that was the conversation there with Lee Woodard, all about being digital and doing digital. And there were some great tips in there. For me, those five points that Lee made right towards the end of the conversation were absolutely massive. So just in case you missed them because they came at you, fast and furious. So I just wanted to refresh your memory here. So number one was edit, edit, edit. And that's going to help stop just adding more things and really refine and make sure you perfect and optimize what you do have and make sure it's the best that it can be. So you are being digital rather than just doing as much digital as you can. The second one was don't make it harder than it needs to be. And that's an excellent point for, frankly, everything. Digital or not. Don't make things harder. Do look at simplifying things and removing friction. The third item was that it's okay to explore and test and play, but make sure that you are doing it everywhere. Make sure you're really testing the whole of your business and optimizing the whole of your business. The fourth one, and this is my personal favorite, asking does it work? Not as a professional, but as a human not as a professional, but as a human. That's massive. If you really take one thing away from this episode, that would be it from my perspective. And then the fifth point, a close second for a massive takeaway as well, by the way, do customers really care? That's a massive question. I think we all like to think that they do, but how do you know that they do? How do you know that is exactly what they want and need? Or is it just what you're suspecting? And actually. These are people with busy lives. Your business, your operation, your proposition, your offer is not that important to them. They have other things going on in their life. So actually, do they really care about what you're putting in front of them? And how can you make sure that you don't get, I suppose, too carried away with thinking that they do and thinking that you are the most important thing in their lives? Because unfortunately, you're probably not. So take a reality check there and really think about how you can really serve that customer when they need it and as they need it. You bend to fit in with the customer rather than expecting them to bend and flex to fit in with you. So I really enjoyed this conversation with Lee. You can find out more, as he said, on his LinkedIn profile, Lee Woodard or numidigital.co.uk. Show notes from today are over at obandco.uk slash 72. If you're new to the show, then please do hit subscribe and make sure that you tune in for new episodes coming out every single week. And I will look forward to joining you on the next one. Bye for now.